there. Got it. Hey, everyone. I would like to introduce you to Kath. Kath Jones has come all the way to us via Zoom from Brisbane or Queensland. Which town are you from or where are you from over that region? On the Sunshine Coast. On the Sunshine Coast. She's come all the way from the Sunshine Coast. Um, Kath is a qualified certified health coach and she comes from a background in physio and her passion is helping people manage pain um, and also through a cancer journey. She's there to support you with your nutrition and movement. So, Kath, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. It's a new venture for me, so I'm pretty excited about getting some, I guess, followings in Perth because we don't have a lot of, um, a lot of, there's not a big family of low-carb professionals that I've been able to find yet. So I'm hoping that this podcast will shed some light and give some people some education. So please tell us about yourself. Hi. Oh, I think it's amazing what you're doing, Linda. I just think, you know, just it's brave and it's amazing. And just, you know, sometimes you've just got to start that journey yourself, haven't you, really? Yes. If it's not there, you've got to go go and make it, really. Um, So I'm Kath. um, I guess I come back from a background of physio. I've been doing physio for um, about 26 years. Um, Trained in the UK, been via New Zealand to Australia. Um, I'm currently working in aged care, which is absolutely amazing, and, and it bring, allows me to bring a lot of um, skills and things, and communication, and you know, just amazing um, experiences with with elderly people. But I've done an awful lot of stuff and managed pain clinics and worked with cancer patients and things like that. So um, yeah, so my health coaching kind of comes on the background of being a physio. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of just realized really that the more physio I did, the more time I spent talking and trying to really understand what people's inner beliefs were and why they couldn't make changes or why they were getting stuck and things like that. So, um, yeah, I just decided to kind of look into it a little bit more and, and yeah, kind of stumbled into health coaching, which is amazing and really fits the bill and, and is working well. Good, good. So tell me about a typical day as a health coach for cats when you're working with your patients. What's your what's your take? How do you approach the low-carb lifestyle with them? Or do you just do low-carb lifestyle or bring in all your no. other techniques that you've learned? No. No, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's all on the client's agenda, really. I mean, some of them will um, know a little bit about the fact that I I do work with low carb some people it's a bit of a surprise when we we kind of start talking about it um I would you know as a health coach you're offering education to people but you're not you know as I say their agenda is very much what they want to deal with and sometimes they are ready for talking about nutrition um other times they just want to talk about exercise or starting a new habit or something like that so or you know, that they just want to find a little bit more zest in life, really. And um, so most people eventually get down to the um, the subject of nutrition at some point, though. Um, so, yeah, yeah, generally it's, it's, it's more about, you know, and, and some people do ask what you're doing. Um, 
And other times you just say, well, I've got a little bit of knowledge on that. How, would you like me to tell you about what I know about a low-carb lifestyle? Or this might be useful. Is that something that you would like information about? It sounds to me like you're coming from a really holistic perspective. You haven't got a main, you must do this, you must do this. So you're very pliable with your Absolutely. clients and help them to find their own purpose with a bit of guidance from yourself. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. It's it's their journey. You know, I, I'm very, I absolutely believe that every person has it in inside themselves to find their way forwards. Um, and sometimes it's just about asking the right questions. I can be challenging, you know, I, I don't mind being challenging sometimes, you know, and, and if you've, you know, if you've, if you've done a discovery session with somebody and set out, you know, like how much do you want to be challenged? Are there things that you do want to be talked about? Are there things that we should be leaving alone, you know? And um, so a lot of it's a bit of intuition, I suppose, of knowing when the right moments are for, to asking things. But, um, yeah, I, I just think people do know. People do know what they want to do. They just don't know how to achieve things. Mm. Or they don't believe that they can. Maybe they don't believe that they can really achieve things. You know, it's it's that thing is I I've given up smoking versus I'm trying to give up smoking. You know, once you actually get that belief set in your head that you're okay with this idea and things, I think it it becomes so much easier. Um, so maybe maybe it's a it's about guidance. It's about yeah. guidance through, through listening, maybe real, real, real listening and really people being heard. I think there's so many people out there who have challenges in their life that they've never spoken to people at all about yeah. this. And, yeah. and um, yeah. I think sometimes just having somebody to support you and talk to you mm -hmm. um, is sometimes enough. Yeah. yeah. I was, um, interestingly, I was just listening to a podcast this morning on my way driving home through the city and one of the coaches on there was talking about how, how important it is to prevent yourself from falling or having some age-related illness, you know, like breaking your hip or breaking your femur or something, how important it is to keep moving but also to feed your body properly so that you can have the strength in your legs. He talked about leg strength being a, a marker of ageing. Um, have you got any thoughts around that? Is that anything that comes across your path that you could share with us? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I think keeping strong and keep it, keeping active, keeping strong is one of the main drivers to good health and longevity. Um, and, you know, in where I'm working at the moment in aged care, I see it so much. We've got, you know, people coming in and people seem to be coming into aged care fairly young and, and a lot of them, you know, um, unfortunately have sort of dementia type problems oh, um, yeah. at, a, at a lesser age. And, some of these people, and I'm particularly, you know, working with, with gentlemen in particular, they're actually pretty fit and strong. But then you put them in an aged care facility and they don't do anything. They have no purpose. They have no meaning to their life anymore. They don't mow lawns. They don't mm. um, mend light bulbs. They, don't, they just don't do the physical things. So they, they lose strength. 
they lose their motivation to do anything. And, you know, and then once you've lost that leg strength, yes, you'll fall over, your balance will go, um, all those kind of things. So that's one of the things that I love doing in that aged care facility is really is, is utilizing people to do strength and balance work and circuits and, and things like that. You know, um, getting people to get up and down off the floor. Mm -hmm. there, I mean, there are so many tests that you can do which are predictors of longevity and things. And I forget the exact research around it, but there's ones about being able to get off the floor without there using is. your hands. There you is, know? yeah. Um, you know, and, and horrific statistics about, um, you know, breaking your hip and being dead five years later, you know. Ooh. Oh, gosh, so, okay, that's a bit frightening, isn't it? Well, I think it's in the 90% of um, if you break your hip, you're likely, from a fall, you're oh, likely to be dead. It's really that's pretty high, high. That's really in high, the aged population. Yeah, so it is. I know. The people, yeah. Sorry, keep going. That's no, okay. I know that I teach, I teach Pilates, chair Pilates in a retirement village, in a, in a nursing home, actually. Or well, it's kind of like a mix. Some of it's nursing and some of it's just um, people wanting a smaller place to live. And um, I'm really noticing the difference between the ability to move and keep and their ability to have kept active in their life. So their story up to this point really, really shines out when they're trying to do chair Pilates because I've got a couple of ladies that are in their 90s and some of them can still get up and down off a chair really well. They can still balance on one leg really well, probably better than me sometimes. But um, some of them that have not had an active life, that have not uh, walked or, you know, taken up a hobby of, of cycling or swimming or just, just weight training or just had an active lifestyle, are just stuck in chairs. They can't, they can't get themselves up out of the chair. And it's really highlighted to me that importance of keeping, keeping moving so we don't stop still sitting in a chair. So what are some fun ways that you get your clients because you've mentioned a few things to me some clinics that you've run in with paddle boarding and tell me about how those how they went and what results you saw and how it mm -hmm. felt to, to run them yeah so um i was really lucky to be involved in um pink which is um, a cancer rehabilitation oh. um program and one of the things that they wanted to do was to um they suggested that, that well they came to me and they said um do you want to teach people to paddleboard? I was like, I can't even paddleboard myself. They said, that's okay, we'll teach you. So they flew these guys in from um, America, like amazing um, paddleboarders, wow. like champion paddleboarders to oh. teach a group of people to, um, uh, they, were, they were all pink instructors um, to paddleboard. So we learned how to paddleboard over a series of lessons. And were you working as a physio then? Mm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so then we set up groups of um, eight. It was eight, eight um, breast cancer survivors, um, and we got them together and we taught them to paddleboard. So they used to have um, once a week for ten weeks of paddleboarding, and it was so amazing because these ladies were so scared. They couldn't even get on a paddleboard. They, they were on their knees. They were quivering. It was just remarkable to start off with. And 
at 10 weeks we went on an adventure paddle and they're like Whoa. these ladies weren't weren't cancer survivors anymore they were paddle boarders and oh. the difference that in them and then they they kept together afterwards and they socialized and they just had such a network but it's so amazing beyond the being on the water was just spiritual really they couldn't oh. and also from the point of view is like how can you think about having cancer when you're in the middle of the ocean trying to stand yeah. upright on a paddleboard on the um, ocean wow yeah, yeah it was it um, was on the sea and um a paddleboard is called sup boards as well is that another name yeah because yeah, i've tried to stand on my daughter's sup board I haven't got, I might now, it's been a few years, I guess, I guess since I've been training and teaching Pilates, I might have a bit more mm. core strength perhaps or hip strength, but that's phenomenal on the ocean. Wow. Yeah. I have one lady, my most, one of my most memorable ladies was a lady who was scared of sharks and like we were off Auckland, like there were no sharks or likelihood of sharks. Yeah. And um, so slim. like very slim. Um. And to get her in the water was absolutely amazing. I've been working with her for quite a long time. And she said, you know, I think I might have a go at this. And because um, she, she came and sat on the beach even and watched the, the program before. And, but to get her out in the water and get her to be a paddleboard. And she bought a paddleboard at the end. And it was just Did amazing. Oh, yeah. That so must was, have been so rewarding. Yeah. Yeah, that, it is. yeah. I can imagine how wonderful that must have felt. So is that is that your... Your one main aim was the paddle boarding mm -hmm. clinic or did you do other groups with movement? Uh, so um, we also did for um, for cancer survivors as well. We did um, like a, it was almost like a, a step aerobic type group. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was called Next Steps. Um, and so it was, again, doing exercise for strength and for um, Pilates and kind of step aerobics a little bit, really. Um for them, um, this was on the back of a um, a pain clinic, so I was working alongside a lot of pain uh, pain um, related, and we had a gym next door to it that we used. So we so it, it was a lot of it was exercise based. Mm -mm. Pain's an interesting concept, isn't it? Because I know before I started Pilates, and the reason I started Pilates was I had a terrible lower back. I think it was sacroiliac kind of area. That's what the physios told me that just I'd injured it riding my bike, you know, doing a silly ride. And at the end of the ride, I couldn't get off my bike. So I'd really hurt my hip. But people, a, a lot, a few physios told me that I had stirred the nerves, the, the feed or the nerve feed and, and it made the pain worse than it was, or it might not be there, but the nerve had a memory or the muscle of pain. Is that is that a thing? Do you know about that? Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's really about um, the nervous system has a memory. It has, you know, you you can either overstimulate your nervous yeah. system. So even right. in the in the absence of pathology, you know, your mm. your back could have no pathology to it, or else, you know, you've had an acute injury, and then after three months, it's kind of considered as persistent or chronic. Yeah. Is that um there is no underlying pathology that you can change there anymore but you can still have you know the memory of pain and I think that's thing when people think I think quite often you know people will say oh that, that last person told me it was all in my head and it's like 
that's not in your head. Your brain's in your head and that's all part of the nervous system, but it's just mm. about how the, how the brain appreciates the impulses and things. So, um, yeah, pain is an amazing um, area to work in. Um, I find it very, very rewarding. I find it, um, again, it's about beliefs. It's about a belief that you can change and be better. Um, mm -hmm. some, I think people, some people have had pain for a long time will believe that they're always in pain. But my take on it really is the fact that if you make their world, people's in pain's world seems to get smaller and smaller oh. Until, oh, okay. the, until the only thing on the page is the pain. Is the pain. So yeah. the pain's here and my life is here. It's tiny, mm -hmm. tiny. So if yeah. we can make their life bigger, if we can make other parts yeah. of it, it tends to shift the pain off the page. And the point is you can never say that you're going to take someone's pain away, but you can make it less important. Um, and sometimes the pain does subside after, you know, making someone's life better but or, or more purposeful, I would say, and it's whatever they want to achieve in their life. So I think, you know, the focus often is about getting rid of pain. Let's massage mm -hmm. it. Let's do this. Let's do that. But very mm -hmm. much. I don't look outside the square. Yeah. Absolutely look outside the square. And that might be, you know, it might include nutrition. It, it certainly will include movement because people are very fearful to move when they're in pain. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's bigger than that. It's really, it's about family dynamics as well. You know, some, peop some people, um, you know, get a lot of benefit from being in pain. You know, they get some attention. That's their life. They're, mm. um, but, you know, look. You sometimes see these people, but it's just, you know, it's just about being uh, treating with kindness, I think, at the end of the day, actually listening to people's issues. Mm, mm, good. It's, it's important to listen, isn't it, more? That's a skill I'm learning is to listen more than to talk because I'm obviously better at talking than listening, but it's, it's a skill I'm trying to pick up and have patience with. So it's my, really interesting, my... though. Sorry, sorry to break, but like, no. you know, I've spent my whole life telling people what to do. You know, it's just, you know, as a mother, as a, a physio, people come to you to be told what to do. So they think you're the expert there. So this is so with health coaching, it's a really it is a difficult switch around to actually to listen really, mm -hmm. really deeply and to go, I'm not the expert on you. Um, yes. So that's, that's been something to me that I've, you know, you, you actively have to really work at that um, mm -hmm. and go, you know, when you're talking, it's like all those thoughts come into your head, don't they? It's like, oh, I could ask this question or that question or this will work really well here. But it's like, it's not about me. It's not about gaining facts. It's about actually somebody talking something through. So, yeah, that's been, that's been a, a challenge. Yeah, I know, I know for me, I guess I've only sort of realised in the last four or five months that that pain in my lower right-hand side, buttocks, has gone, you know, and since it's quite amazing because it, the pain had gotten so bad that in the mornings I couldn't bend over, I couldn't bend down to look in my cupboards and I was crawling in, on my, all fours in my bedroom to get dressed. So it had got so bad and it is, you do feel feeble. You do feel like your world's at the end and you're not ever going to be a normal person again. And um, 
I can also relate that back to having been a cancer patient myself. You do feel your world does does uh, shrink because you're having, you know, you're going to the hospital, you're going to the doctors, your whole book, your whole diary and your life revolves around a place where you don't want to be. So you do become very feeble and you don't move because you are in a bit of pain or you might have had surgery and you don't want to disturb whatever healing's happening. So your world does become smaller and it takes a lot of, I'm going to say courage and just the need to want to move again because it's it's much easier to sit still and not 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 do anything. So I feel like being given the opportunity to paddleboard for those women, even women who haven't got a, a cancer journey or a cancer diagnosis would think that that's fantastic. But those women must have thought, oh, my God, I'm going to do this. So that must have been brilliant. Good on you for bringing that through because those they would have just loved it to bits, I'm sure. Oh, being normal amazing. being normal yeah absolutely normal. and I think it's something that people had thought oh I'd, I'd really like to do that but I didn't think I'd ever do it that's what mm. we used to get told I actually I didn't believe I could do it I didn't think it was for me mm. yeah and so yeah so so I think really being offer being able to offer things you know because it's not somebody that you know somebody probably didn't wouldn't come into my clinic and go I'd really like to learn to paddleboard can you teach me but it's yeah. to go look I've got this this little program going that I'm really you know I want to bring um bring to the area and would you like to be involved it's just planting those seeds really yeah yeah um yeah yeah and encouraging it, it, Totally. Encouraging totally. the freedom to make that choice as well, because often we get stuck in not being able to make the choice, don't we? Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think cancer is something which just takes the wind out of people's sails just completely. You know, quite often it's it's such a massive shock. Mm-hmm. I think I mean personally, I, I think people grieve, you know, and I and I think you know, I think that's that's a massive thing. And I I think I've mentioned it, Linda, in our groups before, is that the communication around things as well to me is so important, you know. Yes. When you're when you're told of something that you suddenly go, oh, my God, I'm, I'm actually, it's, it's about accepting it as well, really, of actually yeah. have that acceptance. Accepting it doesn't mean that you have to like it. It doesn't mean that you have to be beholden to it even. Um, it, it just means that you have to be able to, live every day and live your life to the fullest despite mm-hmm. those things um but you can still be a better person a fitter person strive for better nutrition and all this mm-hmm. sort of stuff I, I think that's one thing that I do find difficult is when um particularly you know it goes pain and cancer and 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 many many other different things as well I suppose in life is that you think that that's your lot and yeah um just to just to kind of know and and you can educate people till the cows come home but unless they really think they want to do something or or it's that moment where they really really want to do it um yeah you're wasting your breath really yeah Um, you have to choose when to use your breath (laughs) you do you do it's just and it's so difficult sometimes because I guess from an outsider 
you can see the potential that someone might have, but it's really difficult to impart that feeling to them, to encourage them to move forwards in their own their own stride, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, look, so, I, I tend to just, like, check in with people, you know, like just how you're doing, you know, and, and not push it and, and choose when I say things, you know. Um, oh, there's virtually every moment of the day you could be judgmental couldn't you and open your mouth and you know be it the person in the supermarket or the person at work who's just pulled out the can of red bull or whatever they do yes. and you know um of just let it go it's not i don't have to change everybody no so what would your approach to nutrition for a cancer patient be do you have a bible or anything that you say these are the things you ought to try or perhaps this would be a good idea what's your main game look um I think you have to look holistic around the whole thing you know are we are we looking at somebody who's potentially has you know is obese needs to be fitter or more healthy or inflammation or um maybe we're looking at something like you know do we need to be looking at fasting or something like that i mean there's there there is good re and emerging research on on things like ketogenic diets and um fasting intermittent fasting i mean jason fung has done amazing yeah. amazing work in that cancer space yeah. um is it still i haven't read any of his work on cancer i'll have to have a read of that i've read all the type two reversal stuff of jason's but i haven't looked at the cancer yeah yeah so his his book the cancer code is very good and he's oh, got i haven't got that one i haven't got that mm. book gosh how have i missed that another book to read um yeah and and just a lot of his i mean he's a very well um um he's very experienced and and you know people really looked up to to what he's saying you know he's, he's an amazing guy but there, you know, there's multiple other other things coming up um it's a hard one, really. So do I have, I don't have certain things that I say. Um, I would certainly, I would want to um, help people to move towards a healthier, what I see as a healthier diet is, you know, less sugar, less carbs. Is it, is it a, a keto diet? Is it a, it's, it's whatever it needs to be for that person. Yeah. I think more from yeah. a holistic point of view. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a hard one. I, I, I think, dare I say, some people, you know, maybe they have a cancer diagnosis, they're very much, you know, like, uh, I'm just going to eat as much sugar as I like, you know. Yeah, yeah, this. yeah, yeah. This has happened too bad. Yeah. I, you know, in a support group and things, it was like, I'm just comforting each other. You know, this is what the support is. We're comforting. If you want to eat chocolate, eat chocolate. If you want to eat sugar, eat uh. sugar, drink alcohol, whatever. And I think sometimes, you know, when things are suggested, it, it would take an awful lot to try and change those people. They mm. seem to be very set in their ways. You mentioned, you know, PET scans and sugar mm. and cancer-like That, that was sugar. a light bulb for me. When I had well, my PET scan, that was a light bulb for me because, I mean, my understanding of the PET scan that I had was the actual injection is full of glucose and ra radiation and the cancer cells, because they love the sugar, they soak it up and that's why they show up on the scan. 
So that was a real light bulb for me when I had to confront that. And it's, yeah, it's pretty frightening, isn't it, at that moment? What was for me? Having that was horrid. Awful. Absolutely terrible. Everything that goes with that is absolutely terrible. Um, But there are still many, many people who won't accept that sugar, cancer, any relation. No, it's too too, sugar's too ingrained in our life, isn't it? It's difficult for people to understand. It's you know, the science is changing. The science is coming out with some brilliant people bringing out the news about sugar and diet and illness and chronic disease and manifestations and all of these things. But it's slower than I would like. Oh, absolutely faster. Slower than I would like. I was listening to Belinda Fetker today, you oh. know, Gary Fetker's wife, and yep. and she she was saying about the guidelines are meant to be the dietitian dietary guidelines are meant to be um, redone every ten years. Well, they've uh, sorry every five years. They've not mm. been done for ten years. Yeah. They've not been done. Like no, what's the reason behind not even doing? I've listened. Them? I've listened to that podcast. It's just isn't it great? It's you know it's a great heartbreak, but it is heartbreaking and mm. and it's it's very real, you know. Um, mm. So yeah, at the end of the day, you know, it, there there is so much research, but it's people choosing to see it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it, that's exactly right because we've been told this for most of our lives. You and I, for most of our lives, we've been told that this is the way to eat, and now all of a sudden it's flipping itself on its head. And uh, this is the new way. So if I guess if you're treading that pathway, it's easier to accept. But if it's new news, it's new news and you have to have time to digest and digest, that's a word, but get it into your mindset. So you mentioned that you have different approaches. What what are your different approaches? Is it in regards to movement or is it more holistic based or what what kinds of things can you offer there? Also, oh, the different approaches would be, you know, so when, when I'm talking about physio, you know, I've done so many different, you know, courses for this, yeah. a course for that, you know, whether that's, a, um, you know, we still use a lot of electrotherapy and then that yeah. kind of went out of vogue. And then, you know, and then we do a Maitland course and a McKenzie course and uh-huh. a Pilates course and a yoga yeah. course and you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and really those approaches it's not about having a specific technique, you know, in the same way as health coaching, it's more about actually, you know, at the end of the day, people tend to get better if they believe in you. And if you, if they oh, think yes. you believe in them. Yes. And hundred um, percent. So, Yeah. So when I've done women's health, you know, um, people used to travel a long way, you know, and you're like, well, you've come a long way for this appointment. It's like, but, I was told because you treated someone else, you know, that I, and they improved. So I want to come and see you. And um, so I think that kind of stuff. So those kind of approaches. And I, and I think that's the same with health coaching is I don't, I haven't so far done programs and things. I just do one-on-one. Although, yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of because I don't want to be prescriptive. Um, oh, yes, exactly. I yeah. actually want to really want to follow along somebody's own agenda. So if I have a, a program of six weeks that I'm going to talk about this and low carbon, duh, 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 like, what if they don't want to listen to it? 
Mm -hmm. it's it's a waste of their time and it's a waste of their money isn't it really at the end of the day I think but you know like I can see there's maybe as maybe as you do more coaching that's something you might want to move into um I'm also looking into um running some group classes I did the the nutrition network eat better South Africa you know did you see that it was the group facilitation training so I have eat better Australia um branding so oh good on you yeah so that was clever just, yeah well I really really want to want to do it um it's just that at the moment it's just life is too busy so yeah. I think the the whole eat better philosophy to me is amazing and I love the nutrition network and I, you know you know it's just about me working about how how I do it in Australia you know because yeah. it's certainly yeah. it is different than than South Africa so um but I think the essence of it, and I think just doing things better, it doesn't have to be perfect. I think, you know, we have this, this notion that life has to be perfect and everything we do has to be perfect. And I've tried to be perfect for a long, long time, but it's like, <laughs> oh, I've gone, oh, I don't think I'm getting this right. It's, I just need to be better. I just need to tomorrow be a better version of me today. Yeah. That's, That's really it what it is. Yeah, and I feel I feel like working in this space as well, there is no perfect because every day is a different day and everybody uh, that, that you're working with has a different day than the day before or a moment than the moment before. So you never can be perfect enough to navigate that. I think the idea that we have as coaches is to be able to support that person in those moments of either elation or or not you know we're there to walk side by side with them to help them and be a sounding board I feel like that's that's what our role should be it is absolutely there is is no perfect so what kinds of results have you had with your patients that have taken on low carb or your clients are they clients or patients how do you oh look I'm a traditional they're patients but I think in this space they have to be clients yeah. Because they're not sick, you know. No. Like, I don't know. Well, there is they might sickness. be sick. <laughs> well, they might be, but um, look, I think there's been over the years. There's been so many, so many debates on what you call people, and I think actually the person doesn't really mm. care what they get called. No, it's I changing. It's, I don't know. I think it's just someone's agenda, feeling that they need to change it again, and it's a client, <laughs> it's a resident, it's a patient, it's a what? Well, I, I, I don't care. You know, like at the end of the day. Um, sorry, what was the question? So, what have you? What um? What results have you had? So, you shared about this lovely lady really embracing her paddleboarding experience. So, have you had any breakthrough moments with people making changes in their diet to improve health, or to feel stronger, or to become more active? Have you had any? standout people that have really inspired you as as a client um yep i have got my 101 year old lady that does oh tree tree poses fantastic wow who who we on a daily basis do yoga at the bar um with her you do that with her wow yep she loves it she loves it she scared Good. the life out of me a while ago when yeah. I walked in the room and I saw her on the floor and she's like, it's okay, Kath. I'm just practicing on the floor. Oh, <laughs> oh what are you doing on like, the floor? Yeah. It's 101. 
Wow. Um, so she's amazing. Um, another lady that, uh, again, she was a, a work colleague, actually, who um, she asked me about low carb mm -hmm. and um, I helped her. She lost 10 kilos right. um, pretty easily, actually. I think people have this notion about low carb that it's something magic. Mm. And I don't think it's that magic as in I don't think it needs to be that difficult. No, I'm When a, I, I do agree. low carb, I don't look at, I don't measure things for me. Um, I don't care about my macros, my micros, my whatever. I just, I choose food that I know is low in carb. I don't eat any sugar. I don't drink alcohol. Um, I, I have drunk lots of alcohol, you know, like I used to be um, a bottle of wine, you know, a five o'clock drinker, you know, um, yeah. and there's probably not too many people who are not when they're bringing up children. Sometimes. Exactly, like, exactly. Then you, then you suddenly go, actually, it's a bit boring because my husband's not drinking and I'm drinking on my own and this isn't a very good um, role model to my children. So, yeah. yeah, so I don't miss that at all. Um, so yeah, this, yeah, I don't measure things. I, d I tend to look at, you know, the carbs and sugars on packets. I know what's low and what's not low. And I just kind of help people to kind of look at things simply. Um, you get people who go, Oh, I tried that for it was so boring. It's like, how can it be boring? Like there's such an array of foods that you can eat. There is the there stuff is. that you're not, the stuff that you're not eating is boring to me. Like how is bread and pasta and rice? not boring you know it's tasteless really everything else yes. is the tasty stuff on the plate in my in, in my mind I know, exactly anyway. it is and but, who would be yeah. sorry sorry right. but I was gonna say like I was the biggest bread eater in the world you know like I would have breakfast sandwich for lunch okay. I would have some kind of bread in the evening I'll go oh, there's no way I can stop eating bread well, it's like now I don't think about it like that at all no me either bread's not on my it used to be. used to love a crusty white bread and now it's just like, oh, it's not going to do me any good. I'm not having that. Yeah. So who is your favourite person that's inspired you, like a, you know, a doctor or a lecturer or a book? What's your favourite book or who have you listened to that's clicked you on to being on the pathway that you're on that turned the corner for you or you know, changed your trajectory to becoming more holistic, more low-carb, anyone in mm. particular? My first um, introduction to low-carb was actually through Karen Zinn. Do you know the dietitian, oh, Karen Zinn? Yeah, I have heard of Karen, yes. Yeah, so she's, um, she's in New Zealand, but she yeah. works with, um, she helped write the What the Fat books but she also had issues with starting talking about low carb and she was presenting on when I did my postgrad in physio um, she happened to do a nutrition element one maybe one lesson and she right. said oh this was about oh, eight or nine years ago and she said we're just starting to talk about this this diet thing she says but I can't really talk about it but mm -hmm. I'm going to say something anyway and so she, she started talking about, you know, some experiments they've been doing and they were looking into reducing carbs and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. So I must admit, like, so I spoke to her a bit more and things. And so she, she was, 
she was one of the first people that I ever looked into low carb and spoke to and that that was amazing as far as other other people I, I love oh, I listen to Ben Bickman quite oh, a lot my god my, my little heart throbs when I hear his name when his little stories come up on Instagram I'm just right there with you yeah he's amazing oh, absolutely he? I just I find a lot of what he says um totally over the top of my head um <laughs> But, but it kind of makes sense as well. But it's very like simple. It's he's over got this, there, but it's yeah. He's got a really great way of presenting things and coming back to things and stuff. And I, I love listening to him talk. Um, yeah. You know, um, Tim, any of the nutrition people, uh, network people. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there's just so many things that you can or people you can listen to, and um, like Tracy, Tracy McBeef. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm absolutely like besotted by everything she talks about yeah yeah <laughs> I feel she's like a good chicken she, yeah she's amazing amazing, she's amazing. she is um, amazing she's absolutely inspiring and and yeah when I said I think the other week is like I want to be her in five years time so that's going to be me like I'm going to be the cat too. version of Tracy huh I will the cat version of Tracy oh gorgeous so people wanting to contact you or have a journey with you or a moment where's the best what's the best way for them to find you um i um i don't have a website yet that's something i'm working on um i my company is is hebe health coaching um h-e-b-e h-e-b-e health coaching so Hebe is the, the fountain of youth, the Greek oh, goddess and fountain of that. youth. Yeah, yeah I know. It's really cool. And so um, that I will be working on my Hebe health coaching um, website. Social um, media. I, I have a small social media presence. Um, I, I'm under Kath PJ at the moment, so which is really just my personal one. But, um, um, yeah. I'm also on the Hakanza website yeah. um, as a, okay. a health coach and my contact details and, and emails are on there. Okay. And I have your email address that you've sent to me. Is that all right for me to give people or have you got a work email address that you might send um, to me? I can send you an email. Yeah, send Absolutely. me that. So when I put yeah. it out, I'll put some – I'm learning how to put the links in on the Zoom thingy when it goes on to my youtube channel so i'll I'll put them there when i work out how to do them they'll be going there (laughs) yeah lovely all these things you just gotta like i I think you know just work on them as and when they come up isn't it you know you're never not gonna know enough and like if that's gonna stop you doing something we're always really good at putting barriers up aren't we i mean like yeah yeah my heart stops when anyone talks about technology stuff oh you you need to do a website and you know I can do a website if I get some help, <laughs> you know, it's like at the end of the day, these things need to be done, don't they? Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate because I've struggled myself with social media presence and I still, I don't know, I sometimes feel like it invades my personal space, but I also know that in the world that we're in now, that that's how people find you. 
The news, you can't advertise in the newspapers anymore. Letterbox drops get put in the bin. You know, that's what we used to do back in the real estate days, cold calling people. It's not the way you have to be present in front of people that are and be there for people to find you. That's that's what you have to do. Yeah, exactly. No, you do, whether that makes you comfortable or not. And like, you know, I've spent 50 odd years sitting in the background and I just yeah. actually go, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. You know, I'm not a front. I'm not a front person. I'm a background dweller. I'm a watcher and waiter and listener. So mm. for me to be even doing this is, you know, it's taken me about six months to get to this point. Tracy's been on my case. You need to get something going. So here I am. Here I amazing. am. Amazing. Well, you've taken up the challenge absolutely amazingly. And sometimes oh, you just, like you say, just got to grab it. You know, got to run. Yeah, all right well have. thank you for your time i know that you're working hard and it's late for you over there in sunny gold coast did i get sunshine it right coast. Sunshine, sunshine coast, coast. I, I never know the difference between them i'm a bit naive to the, to brisbane and queensland and i've been to port douglas i've never been to port douglas i've been there <laughs> <laughs> all right well i will speak to you soon Thank you so Thanks, much Linda. for coming along. I really value all that you've said, the time that you've given me and your patience. I really, really value thank it. You. So thank you. And no I'll be problem. seeing you again. Thank you. Bye. Cheers, Kev. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.